Thank you, Lori, for leading us so beautifully. We welcome you here this morning to our online worship with Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us, and we pray, as we always do every week, that you feel the presence of the Lord as we worship him today in spirit and truth. We continue to be diligent and uh, do what that we are asked to do, but we want you to know we really miss you. We look out in this sanctuary and see all these empty pews, but we know you're watching at home, and we can see your smiling faces in our minds and uh, feel your presence in our hearts. Thank you. Uh, for joining us. And again, I pray that you feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Will you join with me as we sing together, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. team who is leading us you join as we continue in worship together
walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you've got pain Wow. 
in the valleys that I wander to the mountains that I can't climb. Oh, you are with me, ever leave me. Oh, there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I gotta know church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation. your hands and stomp your feet till you find that gospel beat cause it's all you'll ever need all you'll ever need clap your hands and stomp your feet till you find that gospel beat cause it's all you'll ever need all you'll ever need i've got an old church choir singing in my soul i've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful no church choir singing in my soul I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful I've got a heart overflowing cause I've been made so There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy Amen. I love that. That there is nothing that's going to steal our joy. Not the coronavirus or anything else is going to be able to steal our joy, which comes from the Lord. Thank you again so much for worshiping with us this morning. Again, we pray that you and your family are healthy and safe, and that you all are singing with us and worshiping with us wherever you might be, and that you can feel the presence of the Lord as Bill shared. But every week there's a time where we can pray. And again, over the last several weeks, we've asked that your bedroom or your family room, your living room, wherever you might be, you might be out in your car somewhere, but that you would use wherever you are as an altar of prayer and that you might humble yourself before the Lord and ask Him to, to lift you up and to strengthen you. And that's what we're praying. And even though these are trying times, even though these are uncertain days, we can be sure that God promises to be with us and that God will see us through this difficult time. So I invite you at this time to join me as we lift up our prayers together. Oh God, we come just thanking you and praising you for being a faithful and awesome and loving God. And Father, we are grateful that we have the technology to bring these services to folks right where they are, at their homes, or, or maybe again in their cars somewhere, or, or maybe, God, they're in another state, but wherever people might be, we pray, God, that they too feel your power and your love and your presence. And Lord, we continue to pray for those who are suffering from this virus and ask for healing 
We pray, oh God, continued prayers on all of our medical professionals to keep them safe, Lord, and their families safe as they're on the front lines. Father, we continue to pray for our president and our Corona Task Force and, and Father, for the governor and his team. We pray, God, that you would continue to give us wisdom as ministers and as leaders that we might seek, Father, your perfect will and know, Father, how we should live during these times of crisis. And Lord, we also pray for folks maybe that are battling loneliness during this time of isolation, or maybe it's depression, or as my wife just read to me last night, that during this season, the people that battle addiction, there's a heightened temptation during this time. And oh God, we pray that you would protect folks from falling back into old ways and old patterns. And God, we know you are a chain breaker as the worship team just led us beautifully in that song that, Father, you give us victory and you give us freedom over anything that binds us. And Lord, we just pray for your church that revival and spiritual awakening are breaking loose even now. And God, we see the signs. And we just pray that change has taken place and that we're drawing closer to you and Father, we just pray again for families. We pray, God, for businesses. We pray, God, for your perfect timing. And we pray, oh God, again, that you would keep us all safe and keep us strong as we worship and as we serve. And Father, I just pray now that your Holy Spirit might continue to move through this service. Continue, God, to use our musicians and father i'm grateful for alma that will be singing for us today and thank you for her ministry and her heart for you and her love for you and her willingness god to uh, sing for our service today and father just speak through your word and through your servant and father i pray your voice would be heard and our lives would be transformed or changed, for it is in the strong and the holy and the powerful name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 1 and as maybe you heard me share in my prayer, I'm grateful that Alma Randolph is going to be singing for us today. She is a sweet, dear Christian lady that's sung here on many occasions, always blesses our hearts. I'm grateful that Bill contacted Alma this week and she was willing to allow us to use a, a beautiful song that she has blessed us with before and asked that uh, you would be in prayer and that you would be blessed by her message and song. But begin with verse 1 of Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit 
to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh God, 
powerful and beautiful message and song and I pray that you could feel the presence of the Lord again wherever you're worshiping this morning thank you for allowing us to be a part of your uh, day today and again a part of your worship experience I always like to share a little humor and during this season I've been sharing um, some uh, stories or, or little quips that some uh, folks from church maybe have been sending me and and uh, maybe you heard the one about the 
the man had said that his, that his uh, thoughts and his prayers go out to all the married men who have been telling their wives for months that they'll do that when they get the time. And so thoughts and prayers go out to all the married men. And another uh, shared with me that he was having a quarantine party and that I was not invited. And so, but also, <laughs> but also uh, my friend said not to boast or brag, but that he has not been late going anywhere over the last three weeks. He has not been late a single time over the last three <laughs> weeks. So it seems that everyone right now is concerned with time. People are asking, how long are we going to be quarantined? Uh, how long before we can go back to work? How long before we can go back to school? How many more days before we can come back to church? When will we be able to go back to the ball field or back to the soccer field? How long is this virus going to last? And it's questions like that that even the psalmist David was asking in Psalm 13 when suffering from a serious illness. He said in verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 13, How long, O Lord? How long will You forget about me? How long will You hide Your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and, and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me. Maybe that's what you've been asking today. How long, O oh Lord? How long? In our Scripture passage today, we see Jesus, the risen Lord, after He rose from the dead, we see Jesus in verse 3 that said that He appeared to them, referring to His disciples, over a period of 40 days as he spoke about the kingdom of God. And we understand in Scripture that the number 40 is used a lot. We see in the Bible that the number 40 is used around 157 times. The, the number 40 has been referred to as a number of God's significance. And when we look at the number 40, we think about some of those stories in the Bible. We think about Noah being on the ark where it rained for 40 days and for 40 nights. We think about the children of Israel wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. We think about Moses going up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments where he was for 40 days and 40 nights. We think about Jonah who was preaching to the Ninevites of in 40 days you will be overthrown. We think about the children of, of Israel again who was wandering as already shared in the wilderness. But we also think about uh, Jesus Christ in the wilderness where He was praying, where He was fasting. Remember, for 40 days and for 40 nights and the devil was there tempting Him. For many, the number 40 means a time of trial, a time of uh, testing, a time of probation. Some have even referred to it as a time of provision 
or maybe a time of prosperity. Just a couple of weeks ago, one of our members, Julie Wash, sent me a, a text. And in that text, her daughter had sent her, it was about the number 40. And she shared that a group of theologians had come together and they believed that the number 40 represented change. And they said that maybe this is a time where there is going to be fundamental change to take place in our lives and in our country and in our world. And maybe that's your prayer today, that, that God is, is going to do something new, that God is going to bring revival, God's going to bring spiritual awakening, God is going to bring healing, God is going to bring renewal in these next 40 days. We understand again in our Scripture that Jesus Christ had risen from the grave and from the time of His resurrection to the time of His ascension, it was 40 days. And during that time, Jesus was instructing His disciples about the Kingdom of God, which was a present reality for them and for us and also a future hope. And as we see Jesus Christ instructing His disciples, He gave them these instructions to stay in Jerusalem and to wait for the Holy Spirit. Did you all hear that? To wait for the Holy Spirit. It's possible that during this season, during this time of isolation and quarantine, God is telling us to wait for Him to do something great something life-changing, something that's going to, to be for our good and for His glory. And I pray this morning that, that you would allow the Spirit of God to bring change in your heart, in your family, in your life, and in the world in which we live. You all were so responsive when I gave you the cross challenge before Easter. Thank you so much for putting up crosses. We even received a message yesterday in a picture where someone shared they were a little late putting up their cross, but they do have their cross up. And I pray that you will leave that up still, even though Easter is over, that that will be your message to the world that we serve a risen Savior and that we are letting our light shine and that we're a follower of Christ and, and it represents hope to a dying world. But this morning, I feel led to issue another challenge. And I'm challenging you to 40 days of faithfulness. Now, I know we're a week late after the Resurrection Sunday, but I'm challenging you and your family to 40 days of faithfulness. You say 40 days of faithfulness to what? Well, first, I'm challenging you to 40 days of prayer. 40 days of prayer. Many of you pray each day anyway. Some of you all were praying from Ash Wednesday until Easter. You were fasting and praying for those 40 days. But I'm challenging you to pray for 40 days. Pray for what? Well, we're praying, first of all, thanking God for His faithfulness to us and His promise to be with us. How many times are we guilty of saying, give me this, Lord, I want this, we want that. When we stop to say, thank you, O God, 
for everything you've blessed us with. We are so blessed. I think about what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. And we've shared this throughout these last few weeks. Paul said, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I pray that we would commit ourselves to thanking God for His bounty and for His goodness and for His provision. But we would also pray specifically for this virus to end. That we would call it by name, COVID-19, the coronavirus, that it would end. Pray specifically that this virus would end. I think about that passage we read on Good Friday at the cross, Isaiah 53. And in that passage, it said in verse 5 that by His wounds or by His stripes, we are healed. And I ask you to claim that passage. By His wounds, the wounds He suffered for you and me when He went to the cross, by His wounds, we are healed. Not only spiritually, but physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, in every way that we would be healed. But I'm asking you to pray for your family. That you would pray for salvation for those who are lost without Christ. That you would pray for change in your life. That you would pray for revival and spiritual awakening for our leaders, for those in charge. That you would pray again that revival would sweep across this world. And a passage that you've heard probably quite a bit over the last several weeks. I know I used it probably three or four weeks ago. Second Chronicles 7.14 when the Lord said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Did you know I challenged many of you years ago? I believe it was when we were in the little church across the street. We went through the little book, The Prayer of Jabez. And I challenged you even then to pray daily the prayer of Jabez. And I pray that you're still praying. I pray that along with my other prayers every single day. You will find this prayer in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. When he prayed, which Jabez's name meant pain. Thanks, Mom, you gave me a name that means pain. But he prayed, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And I pray that every day over my family. I pray that every day over our church family. I pray that every day over those who are leading. That's a beautiful prayer. And I challenge you to commit it to memory and to pray it every day as well, along with your other specific prayers. But I'm challenging you to pray like you have never prayed before for the next 40 days, beginning with today, that you would be faithful to pray. Maybe some of you remember a little book that Mark Batterson, who is a pastor and an author of about 15 books. He's pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C. 
But he wrote a book also that, that's titled Draw the Circle. And my wife and my children and I went through this book. It's a 40-day prayer challenge. There's a devotional that goes with this book, Draw the Circle. And we just completed this past weekend that 40-day prayer challenge. Now, we didn't do it 40 days in a row. We started it when they were in school, and there were some nights it didn't happen, but we tried to do it every single day that we could do it around the table. And we just completed, but something Mark Batterson shared in that little book was a story about a man named Rodney Gypsy Smith who was born in 1860, uh, just outside of London, England. He had no formal education. He would go to lecture at Harvard University. Uh, he was invited to the White House by two sitting presidents. He would preach to millions of people crisscrossing across the Atlantic Ocean over 45 times where millions of people would come to know Christ as he was an evangelist preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And there were so many people who were wanting to know why salvations came on the hills of every time he preached. And Mark Batterson pointed out that, that preaching may move the hearts of people, but praying moves the heart of God. And he said the real secret to revival is praying. And so he shared that one particular time people were saying, we want to be as effective as you have been. And, and we want to minister like you have. What, what's the secret? What do we need to do? You know what he told them? And I might be paraphrasing, but he said, go home, go into your room and lock the door he said, get down on your knees and take a piece of chalk and draw a circle around yourself. He said, then begin to pray fervently and brokenly before God that revival would begin within that chalk circle. That revival would begin within that chalk circle. And if we're going to see revival in our land, it must begin with you and it must begin with me. With us getting our hearts right with God to come before Him brokenly and fervently, crying out to Him to bring revival. I'm challenging you to 40 days of faithfulness to prayer. I'm also challenging you to 40 days of reading God's Word. There was power and strength in the Word of God. David says in Psalm 119.105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. If this is a dark time and you're wondering what God has in store for you and for me, we must turn to God's Word. Do you remember how important God's Word was in the early church in Acts chapter 2? a verse that we have grown to love over the years, verse 42 of Acts 2, when it said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. There we see prayer again, but the apostles' teaching. 
Now, what was the apostles, what were they preaching? They were preaching the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus about the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They were teaching what Jesus had taught them. And I pray that we would get into God's Word. Why? Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness. And so we know that it's productive, that it's constructive, that it gives us guidance for this life in which we live. It shows us how we are to treat people and how we are to serve and, and how we are to love. And I love what James said in James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely be hearers of the Word and so deceive yourselves, but be doers of the Word. Do what it says. And I pray that we would apply God's Word to our lives like never before. And maybe you already read your Bible daily. And maybe you have a Bible plan. I was so thankful that one of our members sent me a text after Easter Sunday and shared with me that he and his wife were, were discussing after the Easter service not only the cross challenge, and they had put up a cross, but his wife was sharing with him about her daily devotions and that she had read through the Bible twice and asked him if he had, and he said, well, yes, I've read it for Sunday school lessons, and I've read it through the course of time, but I, I've not read through it. And he said, so I've, I've made a commitment to read through God's Word in its entirety and allow that life-changing Word to come into his life. But I want to suggest to you that if you want to know where to begin, you, you begin wherever the Spirit leads you, but why not start with John's Gospel? It's, it's a great book. There's 21 chapters in John's Gospel. And then maybe you want to read out of Romans. There are 16 chapters in Romans, and it has about the plan of salvation and how you can grow in your relationship with God. And then if you went for 40 days, 21 chapters here, 16 chapters there, maybe Philippians or four chapters, that would give you 41 straight days. You could read a chapter a day out of each one of those books. If you want 40 exactly, read the book of Exodus. The children of Israel were, were leaving and in the desert for those 40 years. And so, but however the Spirit of God leads you, I pray that you would be committed because God's Word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And so we know that we'll cut right to the joint and marrow as it uh, divides the Word of God. So I pray that you would be faithful to read God's Word for the next 40 days. But then I also want to challenge you to speak positive words over the next 40 days. Now, if you're like me and my family, and there's five in our household, six counting our dog Snickers, maybe you've had over this time of quarantine and this time of isolation, maybe you and your family have had some intense moments of fellowship that we like to call. Maybe you've had some intense moments of fellowship to yourself and you live by yourself. But I want to challenge you during this time to speak positive words. 
I think about what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, listen to this, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, and that it may benefit those who listen. And I pray that we would speak positive words to one another and not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now, husbands and wives, maybe again, you all have had some, some uh, again, some intense moments or intense words. And I want to remind you what God's Word teaches. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it said, Wives... Now, I know this is going to bother some of you all. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord. And, and I, even to this day, I have young ladies or women that will say to me when I'm doing pre-marriage counseling, you're not going to say obey in the wedding ceremony because I'm not going to be obeying Him. And I'll say, no, I don't say obey. And the Word of God says that you would Submit, And if you would read back up one verse in verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5, it said that we all are to submit ourselves to one another out of reverence to the Lord. So, ladies, wives, would you submit yourselves to your husband? And in so doing, maybe some of the intense moments of fellowship would go away. And then husbands, verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. So what does that mean? It means, husbands, that Jesus sacrificially and unconditionally loved the church so much that He would be willing to die for her. Husbands, would you love your wives with that unconditional, sacrificial kind of love? Now here's a challenge I want to issue you husbands and wives. And maybe you already do this, and we're going to get the children in there in just a minute. But I challenge you, if you don't already, to tell your wife, men or ladies, tell your husband every day that you love them. But not only tell them that you love them, and this is... Something, maybe you remember the movie Fireproof with Kirk Cameron in it that we watched years ago. They did the love dare where he did all these uh, kind acts for his wife and she didn't know that he had been given the challenge of a love dare. Would you say to your spouse you love them and show them, even if it's a small act of kindness, every single day and see the change that's going to take place for the better in the next 40 days? Well, let's bring the children in there as well. If you read on down in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it says, Children, listen to this, you've been quarantined, you've been home a lot. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long days on the earth. And so children, you must obey your mom and dad in the Lord and you honor them. That means respect them. And so parents, I also want to challenge you and children to tell your child 
you love them every day and to show them that you love them every day. Children, tell your parents you love them every day. Show them. Now I know if you have teenagers or especially teenage son and they see dad coming over with his lips pucker going, they're probably going to run and go the other direction. But I want to tell you before I left to come preach today, I hugged and kissed all three of my children and my wife and I told them that I loved them. You know why? We're not promised tomorrow. And that's why we should speak positive words today. So if something were to happen, that they would know, not only through our words, but through our actions, how much we love them. But now I'm going to really hit it home with some of you on speaking positive words. Well, how about for our president or for our governor and speaking positive words? You know, during this season, uh, if, if you're a Democrat, you probably just uh, said all kinds of stuff about a Republican president. If you're a, if you're a Republican, you have probably slammed our governor during this season and made fun of his afternoon shows. It's been one of those times where people have posted on social media and, and sometimes uh, we as Christians have maybe shared things which are bashing or slamming our president or our governor. This isn't a time to worry about a, a political affiliation. This isn't a time to be cheering on the Republicans or cheering on the Democrats. This should be a time of unity where we all come together and speak positively about each one. As a matter of fact, it's scriptural. If you would look in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-3, through 3, Paul wrote these words. He said, as of first importance, uh, it says we should uh, use requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving for everyone. And that means also for kings, and for those in authority so that, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Now listen what this does. It says, this is good and this pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Did you hear that? We are to pray. He said, I urge you then with requests and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving to pray for everyone, for kings and for those in authority. So it's my prayer that if you want a better president, let's pray for the one we have. If you want a better governor, pray for the one we have. As a matter of fact, and I'm just being honest, I think they both have been doing their very best in trying to keep this craziness under control. We probably don't even know everything that's going on, but they have done a beautiful job in trying to keep us safe and to bring healing during this time of uneasiness. So would you please, as a Christian, and, and what's sad is when sometimes 
and I, I'm not on Facebook, but my wife is, and sometimes again at bedtime, she'll show me what some people have posted. What's sad is when you see folks going back and forth that are supposed to be Christians. What kind of witness is that? Are we, as Bill had sent me a, from a friend, reflecting Christ through our words and through our actions? This is a time where Christians should, could, should rise to the top. The cream rises to the top. That we would show that through this season of unrest that we are glorifying God. So my prayer is that you would pray for our president. You would pray for our governor. You would pray for our medical professionals. You'd pray for our ministers. You'd pray for the military. You'd pray for our country. And that we would speak positive words about them. Now, I'm also going to challenge you to 40 days maybe of, of uh, exercise. Now, some of y'all are going, what? Don't, don't, why'd you have to bring that in? You know what? I've loved over this one positive that's come from all of this craziness. My wife and my children and I go out for daily walks. We go out and walk in the neighborhood. Again, I'm seeing people walk that I've never seen out of their houses before, and they're, they're out getting exercise. And only you know what your health will allow and what that looks like. It might be uh, that you're going to walk for the next 40 days, that you're going to do a push-up a day, or you're going to do 40 set-ups, maybe sets of, four, of 10, doing four sets of 10. Or, or maybe you're going to, while you're sitting in the chair watching your move, you're going to curl cans of corn or beans, but you're going to do something to be active for the next 40 days. And in so doing, you're also maybe giving up something that's unhealthy for you. And you're getting rid of an old bad habit, but you're going to get healthy and see if you don't feel better in the next 40 days. And then maybe I want to challenge you right now to, to share the love of Christ with someone over the next 40 days. You say, well, how am I supposed to do that when I can't go out anywhere? Well, you have your telephone, you have social media, you have Instagram, you have uh, cards and letters you can send, but maybe you've been praying for someone and you're going to pray that during this season they're going to come to Christ. Some of you committed to do that uh, several months ago that you would pray for at least one person who's lost and you're going to keep praying for them. You know, when Jesus was on the earth for those 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension, He wasn't finished instructing and teaching. He was continuing to teach His disciples and us. What was He teaching them? Well, He was teaching them for one, the Great Commission, which took place when He was ascending into heaven in Matthew 28, 18-20. But he says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's what Acts 1.8 was about. You know, when Luke wrote the book of Acts, he was writing again, addressing Theophilus, who meant one who loves God, which could be that uh, some believe he was maybe a, a Roman official or, or that he was a wealthy person, a person of position, 
that was going to take the writings of Luke and both Luke's Gospel and Acts, and he was going to copy them and, and maybe he was going to distribute them. But not only did he write his friend Theophilus, but he was also writing Christians that they might be strengthened in their faith and also that they would uh, silence the attacks of unbelievers. But then the whole uh, outline of Acts is presented in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I pray that we might accomplish this 40 days of faithfulness through the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem, and then you'll receive, and you remember over in the next chapter of Acts chapter 2, we see when the Holy Spirit came with the rushing wind and the place was shaken, and I pray that we're going to see God doing a whole lot of shaking through the prayers that are going to be lifted up over this next 40 days. And maybe you're here and your prayer is going to be, I've never given my life to Christ. I shared last Wednesday the plan of salvation, how you can know Christ. Maybe you're going to pray and begin your spiritual journey. Starting today, you're going to receive Christ. Or maybe you're here and you've gotten away from the Lord and, and through this time of isolation, you've been watching our service. I had one gentleman to send me an email that he had been trying to get his brother to church and said his brother had watched the service the last three Sundays. Praying that his brother is going to come to know Christ, maybe even during this service. Or maybe you're here and, and or you're watching and, and there's some fundamental changes that you know need to take place in your home. You need to lead by example. You're going to show your children what it means to be a, a man or a woman of faith. Or you're going to show a co-worker what it means to be a committed follower of Christ. But if you would like to accept this challenge, uh, I invite you to do so today. That you would make a commitment. 40 days of faithfulness. And I want to tell you this. I hope it goes beyond 40 days, but this is just to get you started. I wanted it to be something in reach, something that you could accomplish with God's help and through His Spirit. And I pray that we're going to see a great move of God over these next 40 days. 40 days of faithfulness. Will you accept the challenge as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment, that as people are watching at home or wherever they might be, I pray, Lord, that they would accept the challenge first to give their heart and life to Jesus because He's our only hope. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Lord, I pray that if there are others that are Christians and, and maybe they've gotten off track and and maybe during this time of quarantine and isolation, they've grown complacent and, and maybe they've gotten out of the swing of reading their Bible or out of the swing of praying. I pray that this would be a beautiful time that they might be committed to seeking You and Your Word and seeking You through prayer. And, and Father, I just pray that this church is going to experience revival and spiritual awakening, that our country 
is going to experience revival and spiritual awakening, that our, that our world is going to see revival and spiritual awakening. Because, Lord, you promised to be with us and that we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And God, we can't accomplish these things on our own strength, but just as Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things, everything, through Christ who strengthens me. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. So give us the strength, God, to have change during this time of trial, this time of, of probation, this time of testing that it would turn into a time of provision and prosperity from You. And Father, we'll give You all the praise and the glory for the victory we trust You to bring in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. At this time, we are going to sing a hymn of invitation. And it's a, and it's a beautiful hymn of commitment. And uh, it's one that I've watched through the years from the time I was a child to the, as a time of, of an adult seeing many come to Christ at Billy Graham Crusades. But we invite you to come to the Lord and make this commitment to receive this 40-day challenge of faithfulness. 40 days of faithfulness. Would you make a commitment as we come to the Lord just as we are? Won't you sing with us as we commit together? just for a moment as the instruments are playing I pray that you're making a commitment to the Lord right now maybe you're praying asking Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin and to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior for the first time I pray that you would do that right now he loves you he forgives you 
no matter what your past, no matter what your mistakes, He washes it away through the blood that He shed on the cross. And we can begin a new life with Christ even now. Or maybe you're making a commitment to answer this 40-day challenge. And, and you're going to make that known to your spouse or to your child or to your parents. And, and you're going to hold one another accountable to say nothing but positive is going to come out of my mouth the next 40 days. I'm not going to bash anyone. I'm not going to criticize anyone. I'm going to look to say only things that will build people up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And, and we know children listen to their parents and what they're saying. Or Lord, maybe right now there's some folks that have been watching on live stream or Facebook live and, and they want to join this church family. And there will be a way they can do that. They can just... Uh, Go to our website and contact us via email or write the church. And we'd love for them to be a part of this family of faith as we love one another and as we serve you. Father, I just pray that we would answer your call even now. For we love you and we praise you in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Once you make your decision even now, as we sing one more stanza. thank you for worshiping with us this morning. What a great day it has been. Thank you again to Bill and all of our instrumentalists and musicians for doing a great job and all of you in the sound booth for your faithfulness to serve. And, and we pray that you felt the Holy Spirit right where you are. I want to remind you that Jessica will be sending out right after this service questions for you and your family to discuss as well as a calendar that you will be receiving 40 days of faithfulness where you can check off that you have prayed or read your Bible. And they'll also have some places for you to fill in the blank of, of what you're going to be doing over these next 40 days. Again, sharing your faith or exercising or however the Spirit of God leads you, that'll be between you and the Lord, but you're going to make that commitment. And this calendar will be just a little reminder that, hey, day one completed, day two, just to help with accountability. But thank you again for your faithfulness to this church, through your faithful prayers, through your faithful giving, through your faithful acts of kindness and love. I know many of you have been doing so many things behind the scenes to minister to people. Thank you for that. And we pray again that God would place a hedge of protection around you and your family until we can be back together again. But in the meantime, keep your faith strong and know that we love you and God loves you very much. And 
We're going to close out this time together by singing a closing song. May this be our benediction as we sing together.